Hi, my name is Lucy Thande, a servant of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to another EBZ devotion. Our topic today is trusting God even when we do not understand. I hope this message will bring new meaning to all who are suffering, those who know someone who is suffering and who need a special touch from God, especially at such a time as this where we are living today. The COVID pandemic, loss of loved ones, job, businesses, marriages, domestic violence, baby girls becoming mothers, etc. And while the powers and the power brokers are busy politicking, oblivious to our plight to the ordinary persons, my hope that this message will lead you to the one and only one, the one who holds the whole world in his hands, the one and holy God who knows us, knows our needs, our griefs, sees our tears and promises to uphold you with his precious right hand. Yes, God cares about the suffering people. And our passage for today is from Psalms 73. Psalms 73. Let's read together. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts, comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven. Their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure and I've washed my hearts in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Surely you placed them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed, completely swept away by terror. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel 
and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I, des- I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. And this is the word of the Lord. So we see two strong themes through these verses. The first one is the wicked prosper, leaving faithful people wondering why they bother to be good at all. And secondly, the wealth of the wicked looks so inviting that faithful people may wish they could trade places. But these two themes come unexpectedly to an end. They come to an end. For the wealth of the wicked suddenly loses its power at death, and the rewards of the good suddenly take an eternal value. What seems like wealth is now waste, and what seemed worthless now lasts forever. Don't wish. Don't wish you could trade places with evil people to get their wealth. One day they wish they could trade places with you and have your eternal wealth. The temporary prosperity of the wicked and the lasting rewards of the righteous. We should live holy lives and trust God for our future rewards. Asaph, in verses 20, realized that the rich who put their hope, joy, and confidence in their wealth live in a dream world, and dreams only exist in the minds of the dreamers. Don't miss the reality of God's truth. By awakening too late, because you have allowed your life's goals to be so unreal. Happiness and hope can be a reality, but only when they are based on God, not on riches. Because reality is in God, we should get as close to Him as we can in order to be realistic about life. In verses 23 and 24, Asaph declares his confidence in God's presence and guidance. From birth to death, God has had us continually in his hands. But far far more than that, we have the hope of the resurrection. Though our courage and strength may fail, we know that one day we will be raised to life to serve him forever. He is our security, and we must cling to him. This psalm celebrates the sovereignty of God, and God wants us to trust him with with all that we have and with whatever we face. Unfortunately, many Christians today seem to think that faith in God comes with a guarantee of freedom from adversity. In fact, too many of our evangelistic appeals are tainted with a false promise, sometimes implied or stated, that coming to faith in Christ will deliver men from their trials in life. And especially when young Christians come to the realization that this is not so, that they are not going to be delivered automatically from their trials. Their faith is sometimes severely shaken. So fellow Christians, I urge you, trust in the Lord. He has good plans for to prosper you and us not to harm. 
While we are not promised a life without trials and testing, we are promised a God who wants to walk beside us during those difficult times. Isaiah 43, 1-3 says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, you will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That is our sovereign God. Going through rivers of difficulty will either cause you to drown or force you to grow stronger. If you go in your own strength, you are more likely to drown. If you invite the Lord to go with you, he will protect you. So my question to you today is, do you see yourself as a sufferer, waiting for your problems to get fixed? Are you wondering why God hasn't removed the suffering and disappointment? Why he's given? Why he's not given healing? Taken away the suffering when you have desperately asked for it? Well, you know what? God may remove your suffering. Of course, and that would be great cause for praise. But if he does not, he will use that suffering. He will use it. He will use anything and everything that stands in the way of his fellowship with you. So let God mold you, make you, transform you from glory to glory. That's the deeper healing. Suffering will indeed come, but God can give us grace and power to overcome every trial and to fulfill our purpose and mission in his kingdom. And in the end, we shall proclaim like Asaph, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh, my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from me will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. When I personally look over some of the most painful periods in my life, my thoughtful, confident conclusion is that God allowed the storms of suffering to increase and intensify because he wanted me to fall deeper in love with him, to go stronger in my faith in him, to be more consistent in my work with him, to bear more fruit in service to him, to grow, draw closer to his heart, for my relationship with him to grow to greater heights, to keep my focus on his face, to live for his glory alone. And I end with the book of James, verses 1 to 12. James 1 to 12. Blessed is one who perseveres until trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Pray with me. Sovereign God, our creator and maker of all things, we give you praise, honor, and glory. We worship you because you alone are worthy. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy, for patience, compassion, and loving kindness. We thank you for health, sound mind, and for your countless mercies. Forgive us our sins, O Lord. We have sinned and fallen short of your glory. But God demonstrated your own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us and reconciled us unto you. Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. Lord, we pray that you'd heal our land, you'll heal us of this plague of COVID that your people are going through. And we know, Lord, that all power and authority are in the palm of your hands. Have mercy on us, Lord. Bless our churches, our nation, and the world. Help our leaders to use the wisdom you have given them to serve us, your people, with integrity and to the glory of your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word and for the message of this evening. Thank you, Lord, for using me. May those who have heard it be blessed, O God, and to turn to you with love. Thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers and you answer them. For we come to you in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.